Lord is still on the throne. He is. Whether you agree with me or not, he's still on the throne. <laughs> and I'm so thankful that he is. Because you know what? If he wasn't on the throne, we're in big trouble. We're in big trouble. But God's in control of everything going on. That's why we don't have to have any fear. I, I've been reading this all week, and I'm keep, it's over and over in my spirit. The joy of the Lord is my strength. <laughs> the joy of the Lord. The joy of knowing who Jesus is. The joy of knowing who is my Savior. That's my strength. I don't have to worry about what this world's doing. Because God's got me. I put it in Kim's language. God's got me. Hey, he's chasing you down to give you money. You better let him catch up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to preach this morning from 2 Corinthians, if you want to go ahead and get there. Chapter 5 and verse 17. If you've been in church any length of time, you know this scripture, you know it well. And, and I don't want us to ever get to the point where we hear scripture being read and we're thinking, wow, we've heard this scripture all of our life. And it just becomes like an old shoe to us. You know, we're like, oh, yeah, I know what the scripture says. I understand what it says. This scripture is alive and breathing, and it will breathe into you again this morning if you'll let it. I was in class yesterday, and one of the professors said this right here. He said, I tell all my students, he said, you should be getting so much of God throughout the week. I know you work. I know you have jobs. I know them things are going. But you should have so much of God through the week. So when you come to church on Sunday, this is just icing on top of the cake. It's the dessert. Last night I had yellow cake with chocolate syrup dessert or icing on it. And that was my dessert for my day. That's what Sunday morning should be. That's what this word should be today. This should be dessert to you because you've been feasting on manna from heaven all week. Amen? 2 Corinthians Chapter 5, verse number 17, just one verse today. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. I'm going to stop right there. How many is in Christ today? Raise your hands if you're in Christ today. Hallelujah. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. It is already anointed. God, it is the seed. It's the seed of the word that's going to change our life. It's going to go down deep and take root, Lord, so it can grow in us. I ask you, Lord, to hide me behind the shadow of the cross that I may minister what you'd have me to say. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture. Once again, I said just a minute ago, we, we don't need to get worn out by old scriptures. Uh, yesterday, I think I heard, uh, for God so loved the world, three or four times. And you know what? Each time it's special to me because I see and I realize each time I hear that, how much God really loves me. Because now that I'm a father, even the worst of my kids I couldn't give up. I'm not going to tell you which one. <laughs> I heard somebody say which one. I'm not telling. I'm not even looking. Not even, not even looking either way. We're over there. But God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. Jesus, come to earth to save us. I, this is not my sermon today. Can you imagine 
love so much you're willing to, I, I look at it like this, love so much you're willing to take the bullet for somebody. Step in front of it. He's going to take the sin upon him. He wasn't sinful. He took the sin. He was the perfect lamb. He did away with sacrifice. He was the sacrifice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord just blessed me today. Nobody else wants to pour it on. Amen. Pour it on. Paul uses these, uh, or we see this, this scripture right here, and Paul uses a short prepositional, uh, uh, easy for me to say, prepositional phrase. Two words that carry so much meaning. Those two, two words right there is in Christ. In Christ. There's so much power wrapped up in these two words in Christ. Most Christians, we're living far below, far below what God wants us to live when Christ is in us. When Christ said, this is not a name it, claim it. This is not a, a prosperity message. It's just knowing who you are in God. When Christ is living inside of you, we, we should be the happiest people in the world. We should be the happy. When we're walking down the street, they should be looking at them. Look at them crazies. They're, they're having fun right there in the, min, in the midst of a pandemic. There they are having fun. That's the way it should be. Hmm. In Christ, in Christ. I want to share just a couple of these benefits with you this morning. I'm not going to be before you long. You're going to get out. You're going to beat everybody to the restaurants and stand in line to get a table. Yesterday, me and Shelly, we went to a store, and, and I seen them standing in line to go in some store I'd never even heard of. Something like New Topic or something. I don't even know what it was. It looked demonic to me, but uh, they were standing in, in line out, out there in that and, you know, it didn't seem like it was hot yesterday, but the humidity was so hot. And here they were in the mass just sweating. I was like, I, I'm not standing anywhere to get, get in to buy whatever they're selling. I don't know, shirts or something. I don't know what they're selling. When we accept Jesus Christ, we're made into a new creature. A new creature. Hallelujah. A new person, if you would. We no longer the same person because now Jesus the King of kings, the Lord of lords, is living inside of us. Boy, that ought to convict us right there how to act out in public or in private. He's living inside of us. Would Jesus act that way? You know, they had the bracelets and everything years ago. What would Jesus do? WWJD. Boy, if we really took that to heart. In Christ. Hallelujah. He's living inside of you. When we gave our life over to the Lord, what we're saying is that, God, you have control of my life. You have control of my life. My name's still Drew, but you're in control of Drew's life now. The old song, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> no, don't do that. Jesus expects you to keep driving. Keep your eyes open. Keep your hand on the steering wheel. We're still our own person. We're still our own name. We were given a name, but we're different. We're a new creature in Christ. And guess what? In Christ, I don't want to do something that's going to offend the Jesus in me. Amen? I do what God wants me to do. I give up my right to be the boss. Now, me and Ferris at the house all the time are talking, and I tell her all the time, Ferris, who's the boss? Me. I'm the boss. I tell her what to do, where to go, what to say. I do everything until she gets mad, and then she's mom's to worry about when we're in Christ, we give up the right to be boss. I give up my right to go anywhere I want to go. 
or say anything I want to say or whatever pops into my head. I'm God's now. I follow his example. I'm doing what he would do. Here's a great example of this, a newborn baby. They're a new life. They're a new creature. They're a new creation. When a man and woman are joined in marriage, a, a covenant that's two people come together in covenant with God, becoming one. When we're in Christ, we become one with God. There's several things we need to recognize about this new life in Christ that has made us into a new creation. Old sins are forgotten. How many's ever sinned and you liked it? Oh, I've seen them hands go down quick. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen? That's what the word says. Old sins, though, are now gone when we're in Christ. How many are glad that your old sins are forgotten? You know, we hear things about, you know, we can forgive, but we can't forget. Well, when you say that statement right there, it tells me you really didn't forgive already. Because we all know we can't forget because our memory, God give us, is going to be there. The old sins that we've had, our memory of them sins are still there. But you know what? God's covered them. He's got them covered with his blood, with Jesus' blood. When we accept Jesus, all of our sins were covered by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Can you say Amen. We don't have to keep begging God to forgive us what we did in our past. This was a hard one for me to learn. Because I'd ask God, forgive me. I'd, I'd try to name everything I could name. God, forgive me of this. Forgive me of that. Forgive me of the things my mom and dad doesn't know I did. Forgive me all these different things. And later on, I may mess up again. I come back to God. Instead of just repenting over that sin, I went back to the beginning. God, forgive me for this. Forgive me for that. Forgive me for this. All the things mom and dad doesn't know about. God, forgive me. You know what that is? Condemnation. It's shame. You know who's telling you that? The devil. God wants you to come back to him. Yes, repent of the sin that you've committed. But you know what? It's conviction when he's doing it. He's bringing you to a place of repentance so you can have that relationship with him again. You know what? That's where we always fail. I seen a gentleman a few days ago, and I was talking to him. And I, I talked to him about a few different things. But a person that we're connected with together, every time something goes wrong, they run. They don't run to the church. They don't run to God. They run because of guilt, because of shame. God's not looking for you to run. You're a new creation. He's looking for you to come back to him. Come back to him. He is a forgiving God, and he loves us. Don't keep begging for what you did in the past. Yeah, we may have to make things right for what we've, we've done recently, but don't keep begging for things in the past. Okay. Amen, Drew. That's good. We must simply believe that he's forgiven us the first time we asked. We don't have to keep asking God to forgive us. Repent of sins, of the, of the current sins you may have committed. And put them under the blood and keep walking in Jesus. The, the New Living Translation of Psalms 103.12 says, He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. That's a long way. That's a long way. Now in 1 John 1.9 it says, If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Tell him about it. 
Just tell him about it. I had to apologize to my kids, my wife, my parents. Tell God about it. Just apologize. Confess your sins. He'll forgive you. Then 1 John 2 and 1 tells us a little bit more. My little children, I write these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate. We have an advocate with the Father. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ, the righteous. Jesus. He's the advocate. I heard one person preach. He said, he's right there, just like a courtroom. He's your lawyer. He's going to God and saying, I got this one right here. This is mine. He's covered in my blood. This is mine. Hallelujah. He's our advocate we can go to. Webster says the advocate means one who pleads the cause of another. Pleads the cause. Dake's Bible says that advocate is the helper or the comforter or the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit as our advocate too. Jesus saves us from our sin. And when we call on him to forgive us, he does it. I get a call almost every day from this guy right here. And I love hearing his voice. But every day it's, hey, Dad, what are you doing? I know where this is going every time because he's always got a project for everybody. Everybody in the family he's got a project for every day. He thinks of it and says, oh, somebody, they can do that. Oh, they can do that. (laughs) His wife says, he does. Every day I know what he's calling for. He wants me to do something for him. You know what? Sometimes I feel that way with, with, with God. I have to go to him every day and say, God, not that I'm telling him he's got something to do, but God, I need some help. I need some help. I need some help with something. But if we fail, God will forgive us. If we sin again, God will forgive us. The scripture says that we have a helper, the comforter, the advocate, Jesus Christ. We can come back to God because of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for that. So it's real simple. If you fail, come back. Repent. Don't run. Repent. I've probably been saved about 400 times. I'm just saying. As a babe in Christ, we need to learn to grow up in the Lord. We all started off as babies, but we all had to grow up and we all had to mature. We were in Ohio years ago, and a a good friend of mine, he came up to me and we were talking. We were in, uh, Dad was preaching a camp meeting. And we had drove up there at a, at a, the next day or something. I don't remember. But anyway, he asked me, he said, Drew, what are you doing now? And I told him, I said, well, I'm doing construction. He said, where are you living at? And I said, well, I'm living, I don't know, 50 yards from my parents or something like that. He goes, Drew, you got to cut the umbilical cord. He's not my friend anymore. No, he is. Sometimes we have to grow up. We had to mature. 1 Corinthians 13 and 11 says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away the childish things. Wow. I heard one preacher say on Saturday, he goes around putting a pacifier in and burping the saints. One of them said he had to part his mustache to get it in there. If I had a dollar for every time I told a teenager and sometimes adult to grow up, be mature, I'd be a man with a lot of dollars. I'm just telling you, I would. There's never a place where we can stop growing in our Christian experience. 
You may think at a certain age, you know, I'm 50, I'm 60, I'm 70, I'm 80, whatever it may be that, I, you know, I've arrived, I'm here. You never stop growing in Christ. I heard a professor say yesterday that progressive sanctification, he said, I don't think I'm ever going to achieve it. He said, it's day by day by day because I'm walking in that sin nature. Amen. The sin of the world is still here. We have to understand that. There's never a place where we can stop growing in our Christian experience. The church has to keep growing because we are the church. We are the church. So that means we have to grow in maturity. We have to grow to maturity. I hear that after we're grown, our nose and our ears keeps growing. They say that's the only part of the body that, that keeps growing. I would think it would have been hair or something like that. But no, they said it's the nose and the ears, and that explained a lot to me. I've seen a lot of people where this seems to happen more than other people. But uh, anyway, 1 Corinthians 3 and 1 says this, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as a spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you're still not able for you are still carnal. Paul is comparing babes to carnal. Did you notice that? For you're still, you're still carnal. For where there are envy and strife and divisions among you, you are not carnal. Or, or excuse me, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, "I am of Paul," and another, "I am of Apollos." Are you not carnal? Lord, help us. He's talking to people who are still babes in Christ. Still debating under what salvation they're under. As a Christian, you can learn to accept yourself as you are. Have a good, healthy self-image of yourself. I think we should. Uh, God made you exactly the way you are. He didn't goof up. He didn't make a mistake. He knows your name. He knows who you are, where you're at, who your parents were. He knows all about that. He made you the way you are for a purpose and a reason. Don't you just pray for other people and say, God, change them. That can't be what you want out of them. Just change them, God. Well, we do whether you admit it or not. Don't worry. You're God's creation. Some of the things, you know, you, you may have to have some things shaved down. You may have to have some things cut out of your life, but you're God's creation. He created you in a certain way. You know, if we all just looked the same way, sounded the same way, did the same thing, had the same opinions, same flavors, we liked an ice cream, it would be a boring world. It would be. It takes all the members. We have to ask God for forgiveness, get rid of sin, everything that goes along with that. But God knew what he was doing when he made you. He made some people tall. He made some short. He knew exactly what your color of your hair was going to be and what it is now and you've dyed it he understands all that we are created in his image we understand that guess what he even made you the exact same color of skin you were supposed to be he did i heard somebody the other day said it almost makes you ashamed to be caucasian i said god made us this way god made us this way i'm not going to be ashamed of who i am we need to be reading God's word continually so we can learn that this new life, that we're a new creation in God, that doesn't mean everything has to change. We have to shave our head and wear a robe and be monks. 
What it means is God's going to use us when he cleans us up. We've given ourselves over to him. And here's what I, I put in here. I didn't even type this in. I had to put it in this morning because I just write and God started giving me some more to it. When we are a new creation, we will have new behaviors. <laughs> new actions and new reactions. Hallelujah. We don't act the same way. When somebody makes us mad, we don't cuss them out anymore. Come on. I, that's good preaching right there. If you're that new creation, old things have passed away. All things become new. We need to put down that old life, that thing that was dragging us down. Do you know what? When I get in an argument with somebody, I feel worse than if they'd punch me in the nose. I do. I know there's a need sometimes. You need to... Uh, there's righteous indignation. I, I understand some of that. But when I'm just up, upset at my son or my, my, my wife or whoever it is, by the time I'm upset and done, I, I feel bad. They may have done me wrong, but I feel bad because I didn't just let it go. Just let it go. That new creature in me, just let it go. It's not that big a deal. Okay, I'll move on. Next thing I want us to see is in Christ, we have an abundant life. We have an abundant life. John 10, 10, everybody knows this scripture. Don't get tired of it. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. We all understand that. But I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. That's in excess. That's where we have that joy and that happiness, that excess. And every time you see abundantly, I know people want to put, just put a dollar sign by it. It's money we're talking about. Yeah, Dad, I want more money, God. Help me win that lottery, God. Oh. Abundant life. How about abundance in health? Mm. This is not to say that we don't have problems, difficulties, trials, and tribulations. But because we are in Christ, we can overcome all these difficulties, all these trials, all these tribulations, and live in an abundant life because in Christ is where we are dwelling. Hallelujah. What does abundant life include? How about victory? I didn't tell her what to sing today. How about victory over fear? Oh, my. Everybody in the world needs to hear this, especially in the United States. Fear, 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 victory over fear. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Praise God. We don't have to be scared anymore. We're a new creature in Christ. The old things have passed away. I don't have to be scared of things. Fear will cripple and blind a Christian until they're no longer effective for God. That's what fear does to a Christian. You're no longer effective. You're crippled. You can't hardly do anything anymore. You can't go to church, you can't give, you can't pray for someone, you can't read your word anymore. I'm so scared of what's going on in this world. Fear's got me wrapped up like a mummy. Lord help us. Whether it's fear of things that's going on in the world, fear of man, fear of a failure, or whatever, Satan will try to blind us with fear, and he's doing a great job right now. He's doing a great job right now. I'm telling you that the day is coming when Christians are going to have to put up or shut up. Either you believe the Word of God or you don't. Either you believe the Word of God or you don't. I'm tired of these Christians hiding behind Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and whatever else they're on, and telling me how Christian they are and how much of a saint they are, but yet they're not living by the Word of God. 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Do you believe the word or don't you? It's put up or shut up. Now that's the coach coming out in me. Don't tell me how good you are. Show me how good you are. Don't tell me how much you love the Lord. Show me how much you love the Lord. Just because you know the scripture by heart doesn't mean you're applying it to your life. We have to grasp hold of these scriptures. They have to be become a part of us. We're in Christ. We've been forgiven of our sins. We're in Christ. These scriptures have to come alive inside of us. This is one of the ways that God speaks to us. It's through his word. Stop making excuses and believe God's word. He not, did not give us the spirit of fear, and that seems to be what the Christian's heart is right now. Across the board, it seems to be that's what the Christian church is all about. Every church in this town right now doesn't have the congregation in it right now because they're scared of what's going on in this world. They're giving in to the spirit of fear, and it's the truth. I'm preaching the truth today. He didn't give us the spirit of fear we do not have to fear. And I'll get off of that. What else does abundant life include? I'm glad you asked. Abundant life also gives us victory over worry. Well, you think, well, that's kind of the same thing. It is. This is a close relative of fear, but it's different. Fear is right here in the present. Fear is in the right now. I'm scared of what, what's going on right now. It's being scared and fearful of something right now and in the present. Worry is something we do when thinking about the future. What might happen? What could happen? The what ifs. That's what worry is. Close relative to fear, but it, it's, it's different. What could happen? What might happen? What might happen to our family? What could happen to our nation? What could happen to me personally? What if I lose my job? What if they close down America for six months? What if they close down all the churches, won't allow church services to be on social media anymore? What if, what if, what if? I'm not worried. I know who holds tomorrow. <laughs> Taylor said it earlier. He's the same Yesterday, today, and forever. You know, I've come to grips in the Bible, too. It also says that in, in this life that we're going to have some trouble. We are so, Lord help me, we are so spoiled here in America. We just want things to go back to normal. Just get back to normal. I just, I just want to watch Matlock and Monk anytime I want. I, I just want to have my ice cream anytime I want to go. I don't want to stand in lines anywhere. I just want to go shop. I want to sit down at my favorite restaurant whenever and not have to be six feet from somebody else wearing a mask. I want to be able to recognize people that come up and say, hello, Drew. Hi. <laughs> Don't even know who you are, but okay. We just want things to get back to normal, right? Can I tell you my biggest worry? Yes, no? Okay. What are we going to eat after church? She knew what I was going to say. 
That's my biggest worry. What are we going to eat after church? We said at one meal, plan the next meal. What are we going to eat for supper? Is Shelly cooking or is she buying my lunch? One of my next worries is, is McDonald's going to bring back the McRib? Seriously. If I'm going to worry, it's going to sound like, are we doing all that God's called us to do? I'm worried that we're not going to do everything he's called us to do. I want to do everything God wants us to do. Are we reaching the families with the gospel in our community? Are we leading people to Jesus in our community? Are we sharing the love of the Savior? Philippians 4 and 6, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, hallelujah, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He'll guard your heart from fear, from worry, because you're a new creation in Christ. In Christ, in Christ. Once again, Dake's Bible says this, Do not tolerate anxiety or worry, for it will injure your own souls. God alone can help you, and he will do it if you will pray about everything that's happened, everything that's happening, and give thanks in everything. Well, God, how can I give thanks when I'm in a wheelchair? How can, I give, how can I give thanks when I walk through cancer? How can I give thanks when I lost a baby? In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. That's where trust comes in. That's where faith comes in. In everything, the good and the bad. In Christ, in Christ. We can't worry. We can't fear. Worry is, it's real just like fear is real. So many Christians living below the standard God wants them to live because they give in to fear and worry. Everyone that calls Jesus the Savior of their life is a new creature and should be living the abundant life. Can you say amen? Amen. Shelly, would you come back? In Christ, we have the power to live the Christian life. That may sound strange to you. Because some people doesn't believe that we can. I believe it was last week I said something about living the Christian life. We can't do it. But the spirit in you can. The Jesus that's in you can. The secret is being in Christ. Letting him live the life he wants us to exhibit. In simple terms, let God be the Lord of your lives. I think I said this last week. Some people want fire insurance. They want to get saved so they don't go to hell. But they don't want somebody being the boss. They don't want somebody to lead and to guide them. They want to go out in front and do whatever they want to do. And then let God fix it for them. God, I've gotten in trouble again. Can you come and... That's an old song. It's me again, Lord. I always thought about that song. Well, if you let God out front, maybe you wasn't going to him so much. Galatians 2 and 20 says... I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. 
And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Hallelujah. There's the key. Who loved me and gave himself for me. When I was in construction, Brother Scotty, you can relate to this. I used to wear gloves on the job site. If you know me very well at all, you know I don't like to get dirty. But once I'm dirty, it's on. I mean, it just, I don't care if I'm sweaty, greasy, it doesn't matter. Just, I'm going to stay that way. The gloves, though, would just lay there until I picked them up. The gloves didn't do any work for me. The gloves didn't do any work for me. It wasn't until I put my hand inside the glove. The hand inside the glove is the one that does the work. That's what I want to be with Christ, in Christ. I want to be the glove. I want his hand to be in me, leading me, guiding me, doing the work. Just letting me be a part of it. God, I, I want to be the glove. I want you to use me. I want you to use me. When God is directing me, that's also to my benefit. We need to develop an attitude that says I can live the Christian life through the power of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. We must be broken of our own talents and abilities. It's not about us. We need to let God's Spirit flow through our talents and our abilities. God given to you. I told you at the beginning, God made you. He knows exactly what you're capable of. Growing up, trying to learn to play guitar. I had a lot of family. They were good at it. They even showed me some things. I couldn't retain it. The style of music they were playing was, we used to call it the Chet Atkins style. Uh, Brother Ed, you know Chet Atkins and, and how he plays. And I just couldn't get, get that because you had to think with this hand and think with the thumb and then think with some other fingers. So there's too many ways I had to split my brain and it just couldn't happen. It just couldn't happen. But I remember my dad kept telling me, and he was persistent. He said, keep practicing, keep practicing. But I heard him pray prayers over me, too. He said, God, you give him the talent. Work through him. Holy Ghost, work through him. So whatever talent he give me, I let him work through me. It's not because Drew's so smart and knows what he's doing. Drew can't even read music. It's the Jesus in me. I'm the glove. His hand is inside. In Christ, we have salvation. Amen? In Christ, we have healing. In Christ, we have deliverance. In Christ, we have overcoming power. I love the last one. In Christ, we have the authority of the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Every knee will bow to that name. Every tongue's going to confess to that name. Every power, every demon in hell fears the name of Jesus. 
old things have passed away. Old ways of thinking have passed away. Old ways of dealing with people have passed away. Old habits are cast into the sea. Old ways of talking, our language, it's passed away. And behold, that word right there means to see, to watch, to observe, to behold. All things have come. Watch. Look at my life. All things have become new. Look at my life. It's become new. Look what God's done through. It's nothing to do with me or my talents. God's working inside of me because I'm a new crea creation in Him.